Today, we talked about using LinkedIn targeting. Off of LinkedIn. We covered a new Facebook attribution product. Google Ads messaging and store visit enhancements. And Jess ranted about tickets and my business. And Greg told us about the one thing that he learned in college. And guess what? Marketing a clock is a product. A very good service. Marketing a Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing a Clock here on October 26, 2018. Remember, you can catch us live every Friday without a net at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time (laughs) or consume us via your favorite podcasting player. And remember, you can always follow along with us in our show notes. Just head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from the articles we're talking about today. First up this week in the digital marketing news comes from Bing with a smarter way to target your audience with Bing ads and LinkedIn. So current beta for clients allows LinkedIn data to be used for targeting on the Bing Ads platform. And this is big. This is it's big with an N. Bing. Bing. It's Bing. <laughs> and we've been waiting for this for a while. Yeah. Um, and what this allows to do is 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 actually for Microsoft to harness all of this massive repository of data and for the first time, I think at least ever on this podcast slash video show, <laughs> this is something that Google doesn't have that Bing is tapping into wow. and that Bing is kind of t- leading the way. Excellent point. And what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to use that data from LinkedIn and pull that targeting into Bing ads. And you'll be able to target customers based on company, industry, job function, so on and so forth. And that is really big, especially knowing that the Bing advertising network that we we jokingly call MAN here, but I think it's M-S-A-N, Microsoft <laughs> oh. Ad Network is what they call it, but it's really MAN to I mean, us. Yeah, soft isn't a separate word. Right. And that's <laughs> where it could be really big as well. Wow. Yeah. Because if we could get that LinkedIn job and just overall data and target it out to display across the web, that's where this gets really, really exciting for advertisers. So currently, you can sign up. If you have a Bing Ads representative, you can call them and get access, or mm-hmm. there is a sign-up. Again, all the links for today are in the show notes. So give that a shot, and LinkedIn targeting now on Bing. The only caveat... It's still big. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we're saying, let's look at this. We can now target on search. On Bing search. On Bing search. So, again, very, very cool. And to me, this is a, should be a bigger push towards the Masan or the Microsoft <laughs> ad network. The man. Yeah. The, you know, again, Bing's, Bing's kind of rebuttal towards the Google Display Network or GDN. So, if that comes out there and uh, the that network continues to grow, that could be really awesome for marketers. So we're pretty pumped. Yeah. I think it's just, it's a, like you said, a step in the right direction anyway. And I wonder if somehow, some way Google is going to find something that they can do that 
I don't want to say copies Bing, but I should because Bing always copies Google. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they have anything that they can do creatively to compete with this. Again, they are Google and not Bing, but that's not fair, right? I mean, Bing is doing something cool here. I got a good idea. I'm excited. Yeah. Fire Google Plus back up. Oh, last week we killed it. This week, <laughs> fire it back up. I thought they were they were keeping it for enterprises, oh, yeah. right, or something like that. So then that's perfect. That's the business data. Whatever. I don't know. Um, it's exciting though. Another exciting news. Um, I wrote in my notes, dude, this is super cool because I'm cool like that. All right, <laughs> Facebook, dude. dude. Facebook attribution is now available to all advertisers. So unless you've been living under a rock, you know, attribution is all the rage right now as it should be. And Facebook's officially on the attribution bandwagon. They have taken their attribution reporting out of beta, so it's available for everybody and it is free. It features a new data-driven attribution model that lets you, quote, see how your ads on Facebook, Instagram, the audience network, and Messenger are contributing to incremental business results compared to if you were not running ads, which I think is really important for people to know because sometimes you can feel like on social, you know, you assume there's awareness and you assume that it's helping, but you can't necessarily really see unless somebody is converting. So this should help with that. And they also said it's going to offer cross-device reporting. So the only thing with this is you can't just click into the report and start looking at it. You have to set it up and wait for data to collect. So that's fine, right? Uh, They told us that. We know that. So I tried to do this, though, unfortunately. And uh, the ad account that I wanted to use was available. So I said, okay, use this ad account. And then you have to hook it up to a pixel. Basically, background on this, you um, set up basically groupings of ad accounts and pixels and conversion actions and things like that. So that it's only counting the things that you want it to count, mm-hmm. um, which is also important if you're multiple, if you're managing multiple um, accounts on Facebook. So anyway, I got in there, tried to set it up for one of my accounts. The account was there and available, but the pixel wasn't in the dropdown list of the available pixels. And I'm not sure why, because it works. There's no issues with the pixel. I double checked that. So feels like even though this is out of beta, it's still a little bit wonky and I haven't been able to test it yet. I, have you tried it at all, Greg? I have not. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Don't bother for a few days. You know what though? I will not be using that poor pixel that you've got. Yeah. <laughs> and the one thing that, that this is really cool for, for Facebook, but it still doesn't solve, to your point, that entire attribution problem yeah. where this is just going to be Facebook and Instagram and Messenger and then WhatsApp if that's added somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. They're never going to be able to see Google or Twitter or any of those other ads. So again, if I click on a Google ad to buy an Ascot <laughs> and I purchase it after I click on a Facebook ad, each one of those different networks is still going to be having their own conversions because they don't talk together because they don't like each other. So that's still just, it seems like some people might think this is a silver bullet here, but it is just another piece of the attribution puzzle that we are all working to solve. Yeah. And the only other negative too that I can see, or I guess downside is that you can't then use this data to pull it back into your ads and try to optimize. Right. Um, there's at least not automatically, obviously there's, there's things you can do if you're a smart marketer, but maybe someday. Okay. And next up, Google ads announces new click to message ad features and store visits updates. And this information was announced at SMX East 2018. And there are really two major updates coming to Google Ads, mainly on the store visits, obviously, and then click-to-message. Click-to-message was launched, I believe it was early last year, and there are some new features coming that 
at least for the advertiser, are really nice because it makes it not as message. Because <laughs> who wants to sit around and text people all day long? Not me. So what has come out is email forwarding so that any of the texts that are come in can be responded via email and you don't need a phone number in order to manage these extensions. And also to click the message, there's automatic replies. So you don't have to sit around <laughs> and have somebody message from an ad and just wait. And we're now going to have some auto replies. And then lastly, there will work these into conversions. So you will now be able to track these as conversions, even though something doesn't happen on the site itself. So how do you do that? You may be asking. Well, I've got the answer. <laughs> they will be looking at things like the defined number of communications that it typically takes for a user to complete the intended conversion action. What does that mean? No idea. <laughs> no are, they, idea. are they just going to figure that out on their own? Is that like a machine learning type thing to the, say? The example is that you're an auto dealer. And on average, it takes you about two messages, just two exchanges, in order to get a test drive booked. So in that case, if you're an auto dealer, your message exchange conversion would be two exchanges. So again, that's, it's kind of hard to know because your second exchange <laughs> might be buzz off. Right. You know? <laughs> but who knows? So. And I hope they're not counting those automatic replies as an exchange either, right? I would imagine that that would not be happening, but we, it is still too early to tell. And then secondly, for any of the store visits, which we've talked about quite a bit here on Marketing O'Clock, uh, it's now going to be taken into some of the smart bidding. So you'll be able to bid differently, bid smarter, use that machine learning and artificial intelligence to increase your store visitation and store visits in Google Analytics is rolling out to eligible advertisers um, coming soon. So store visits not going anywhere and again you can bid bid a little bit better for that that's awesome i'm excited especially about the fact that it'll come into ga so huge stuff all right the google local pack is now showing book and schedule buttons for some businesses so this is something i think we've talked about a little bit in the past it's been kind of slowly rolling out the article said since 2015, which seems like forever ago now. Uh, but <laughs> it's like three years or something. <laughs> in internet time, in internet years, it's like dog years or the opposite or whatever. I don't know. It's That's a long time for the internet, right? 21 years in dog years, I believe. Right. But isn't wouldn't internet years be I, I backwards? Don't I don't know. How could anybody know that? <laughs> they, they could not. You're absolutely right. We'll have to right. bang it after this. <laughs> we'll, we'll bang it. <laughs> So uh, back on topic, the reserve with Google integration is uh, really, they're really pushing it basically, I should say, into the search results. And this is a good thing, right? Uh, it, here's the thing. It, the, what they're trying to do here, I think, is a good thing because the point is to get direct conversions booking or scheduling of appointments from search. And I, I know that there's the whole side rant about, no, I want people to come to my website so I can remarket them, whatever. Google's putting too much on Google. There's that. But if somebody's directly converting from search, I am okay with that. What I'm not okay with is the fact that they're kind of doing this on their own. And they're, I mean, they're obviously they've told advertisers, but they're not giving advertisers any control. And it's basically if you work with one of the partners that Reserve with Google works with, you're automatically getting <laughs> this book tickets or schedule an appointment added to your local listing. And there's not a, a way for you to turn it off, B, a way for you to change 
you know, anything that's in there. It's all automatically uh-huh. done for you. And C, I just feel like it would be really nice if I could use that CTA button to send people to my site because a lot of these services, you know, they're not free, right? They're taking a cut of your sale or you're paying just to have them. And I feel like that's kind of unfair when businesses are already, you know, they spend money to have a nice ticketing system on their own website, for example. And now you can't even send people there. Yeah. And if you, if you can't see Jess's face right now, <laughs> she, it's got a more sour look than yeah. she came off. And and the big issue for me with this is, yeah, it's not, and Jess has, just again, to, to back up, a, a, a major tourism client, one of her clients is in the tourism space. And when you book tickets through another company, you don't make as much money. And sure don't. taking that flexibility away from a, from a company to say, I can't offer my own tickets, I can't sell my own tickets, but if you're a ticket partner, mm-hmm. then those will show up and that's what's going to show up under your name. That is not great. Not so. Great. Again, it, it, it's a cool feature, but something that could be problematic. And we're seeing a little problem here in case yeah. you could, in yeah. case that didn't come through <laughs> these microphones here. Yeah, so. I feel like it, on the surface, it seems like a really nice thing. And, you know, Google, if they were in the room, would probably be like, yeah, but there's still a link to your website. People can send it there. And yeah, that's fine. But maybe just let me then turn off the CTA button if you're not going to let me change where it goes. So anyway, and rant. Great. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. First up this week, Google tackles a new ad fraud scheme. Internal systems had missed some violating websites, or actually they had blocked (laughs) violating websites, but missed some apps that were monetizing with Google. And a lot of these mobile app sites have now been blocked, but there was a large push of invalid clicks. Yeah, I just... I just giggle every time someone says fraud or something's going on. I don't know if we're just paying more attention now or if people are paying more attention or if the world is just being hacked to death. But it seems like we report on this every week. Yeah, you know what else might help? Hey, giving us the ability to block apps. Oh, remember when we used to be able to do that? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. YouTube has released a final update on their priorities for 2018. The article starts out with, Dear creators, since 2005, YouTube has transformed from a single video at the zoo to a global video library. I think that's really cute, and I would love to see that video. But it goes into a really serious um, letter, I guess. We'll call it a letter. It goes into some pretty serious stuff. There's a new directive out, um, out. <laughs> new directive the EU is working on that apparently threatens the ecosystem, the creative ecosystem that YouTube and platforms like it um, use and feed off of. So they're concerned about that. They also talk a little bit about some of their other con- um, commitments and initiatives for 2018 as it closes, like better policy enforcement and more transparency and, and everything like that. This is a lightning round, so I'm not going to get into any of it, but you definitely should read it, uh, especially if you are a YouTube creator. They're calling for action from a lot of their users to try and uh, tell Europe what's what. And this was really surprising, too, because when YouTube did their final update on priorities for 2018, I actually penned my own final update on YouTube's priorities in my mind, for 2018, it goes a little something like this. <laughs> Dear YouTube, please kill off all of those annoying marketers schlepping their stuff on every one of those TrueView ads. Mm. I don't care what kind of car Billy Bob's buying with all <laughs> the marketing that he's made or what the next marketing fad is or what I can learn in 30 seconds. 
Get some real ads, YouTube. Hey, yeah. that's what we want in 2019. Real ads. Last gurus. Okay. Next up, Apple is looking at $2 billion from search ads business alone by 2020. And Apple's search ad business, which is in the app discovery space, will generate $500 million in fiscal dollars in 2018 alone. And it should be quadrupling, according to uh, Apple Insider, um, without any extra push by 2020. And for those of you confused by the name search ads in Apple, that's their app ads where you search within the app store. I feel like there needs to be a better name. It's kind of confusing. All right. New research shows that Facebook is making strides against false news. I love all these fluffy stories. Everyone's trying to feel good about themselves as the year closes. So three different research studies have shown that posts with misinformation as well as engagement with that content has gone down significantly over the last few years, which again, in internet time is a long time. So it's a nice warm and fuzzy story about Facebook learning from its mistakes, partnering with academics and the whole world working together <laughs> to solve the fake news problem. So check it out. And I don't know if you know this, but I know how they, how they solved this fake news problem. How's that? They just stopped showing news and stopped showing brand <laughs> posts. They said, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to take your reach and just kill it all to death. I mean, it worked, right? All the all the, the academic community is really no, proud of what they've done. No news, no fake news, no real news. Boom. All good news. No news. All right. Next up, Snapchat is a popular source for news among college students. Great. A. <laughs> B, there's a survey of 5,000 and some students. And Facebook was number one, and Snapchat was behind Facebook as second place. Uh, behind Facebook's 89% of, of sources for news, Snapchat was 71% of those respondents, so they get Snapchat for their news. Well, hopefully they'll start getting more news from Snapchat, because as we just discussed, Facebook's a great place for news <laughs> these days. Okay, college students might be using Snapchat for news, but teens have other plans. Instagram has just surpassed Snapchat as the most used app among American teens, according to a new Wall Street survey. And again, I'm sure they surveyed large numbers of people, so this is more impressive than it sounds. But here we go. The survey found that 85% of teens say they use Instagram at least once a month, while 84% said that they use Snapchat at least once a month. So more people... Well, more people said they use Instagram once a month than Snapchat, but the majority of the people that took the survey still said that Snapchat was their favorite okay. social network. So th there's there's really nothing here. Yeah, th there's nothing. And the source was, was a bank <laughs> in England, I, I believe a British bank, but the name of the bank is Piper Joffrey. And I just thought that that's a great name for a dog. <laughs> if you've got a dog, a little Piper, and you could have it come up. But the other thing is it's 85% to 84%. And the headlines, of course, are like, oh, the gram is so much better than Snapchat. But it's a percentage. Yeah. So yeah. cool down, Piper Joffrey. <laughs> Pipe down, Piper. Good boy. <laughs> All right, next up, making it easier to control your data directly in Google products when now you used to have to go into Google uh, to, into accounts in Google to change some of your settings or delete your search activity, now you can do that right within your searches. So if you perform some sort of wonky search or you slip up and type something in, don't want it in search history, you no longer have to go back into your accounts. You can click up on the left and hop into your search activity to delete that last search that you made. That's really nice. 
Remember all the anxiety that you had in high school with MySpace and making sure your profile let everyone know exactly who you were at that moment? I wasn't in high school. What were you in? I don't even know. Middle school. <laughs> You're such a yeah, young Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of us that had to go through that trauma, <laughs> it's back. Um, not MySpace, but Facebook is now going to let people add music to stories and their profiles. Great. I am just looking forward to towards when we can get those customized animated backgrounds. I like the <laughs> little stars that twinkle. That's what I'm yeah, rooting for. Yeah, yeah. All right, Facebook challenge. Okay, next up, the Graph API of Facebook version 3.2 is launched. It also includes the marketing API version 3.2 and updates to Facebook login and Messenger app. So if you're using any of these services, you may need to check this out. There is some upgrades to the Instagram graph, page insights, pages, and video polls. Sweet. Uh, in facelift news, YouTube uh, has upgraded the look of their embedded video format. This is actually really cool. There's now when you hover over there, there's the name of your channel in the top left of the video. And when you hover over it, there's actually an option to subscribe to that channel right from within the embedded video. They also made a few other changes too, but they were minor compared to that. I feel like that's super awesome. Yeah. And the new embeds look really good. If you want to see this, the best way to do it is to take this very episode of Marketing O'Clock, grab the embed code and just put it right on your homepage Ooh. and you'll see the embed code and how it looks. And then you can subscribe to our channel. And all of your other uh, <laughs> visitors <laughs> will too. Next up, there was an article from the New York Times saying, Google is teaching children how to act online. Is it the best role model? Basically, Google had to come out with a game called um, Interland, where you could be internet awesome and hopefully not share too much of your data. And there was some pushback <laughs> saying that this is very Google branded, a lot, of, a lot of the different colors. And is Google the right company to be doing this, seeing some of their recent issues? Yeah, I mean, again, this doesn't directly correlate, but it just makes me think of some of the other educational programs that Google puts out there for us marketers and how it's all very brainwashy, feely, and that everything is bright and sunny um, at Google. So I'm sure it's fine. I wish that Google would put out a dictionary program where they could then define something like exact match <laughs> so that they could find out what it actually meant. Ouch. Google, if you need some aloe for that burn, give us a call. All right. Businesses can now add products to their Google My Business listing. Um, each of those products gets a name, an image, a description, and a price. This is new. People may recall that services were something that you could add. Now products are something that you can add. That's cool. One of the things I learned in college, I didn't learn that much, but I did learn <laughs> that a product is a good or a service. So just for what it's worth, if mm -hmm. anybody's ever like, hey, what's a product? It's, it's a, a good, good or a service. service. You can say product for anything. Oh. So. I like this. Look at this product that we have here. It's a service, and it's good. Wow. All right. Next up, there's a new Google Search Console notice for slow-loading pages. You will get a warning notice via the Search Console if the, any pages are really slow, and it will tell you the domain that it's on if it's significantly below average. I feel like that's a really nice thing for Google to do, obviously, but I think people that aren't checking their site speed anyway are probably the people that don't have Search Console access to their own site. So, you know, grain of salt, I guess. New announcement from my favorite word to say, Cura? Quora? Cura. 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 Uh, they have a new thing in beta called Promoted Answers, which is kind of like a boosted post on Facebook where if you have a really good answer, you just hit a little promote button and get it out to more people's faces. 
Now, the thing I, I wonder about this is it's cool because you could maybe have like a really good answer and boost mm-hmm. it up and try to get some momentum going along. But what if you just start trolling people? Like oh. if I go to every scientific question that's, that's asked and I just relate it to the flat earth theory and wow. I just promote it so that I'm to the top. I mean, that, that <laughs> seems like a bad user experience. Or good if you're the, the troll. Well, if you're the troll, yeah. yeah. Bad, wow. bad if, you're, <laughs> if you believe in science. Um, Most people right? don't, right? No. No. It's fake. Fake news. Good point, though. I hope Cure is listening. All right. And that does it for the news. But it brings us to this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed that we cannot cover it fully here on Marketing O'Clock. And this week's article is called How to Find Bigger and Better Audiences to Reach Using Google Analytics from the one and only Joe Martinez. And you can find him on Twitter at MilwaukeePPC. And he breaks down some ways that you can look at your audience data using audience reports in Google Analytics. There's some great examples of items that you can slice and dice, like affinity audiences, and he also lists out a bullet point checklist of all the other data that you can pull from your Google Analytics report. So check that out. It's over on WordStream. You can find that in our show notes below. Super awesome. Okay, and that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. <laughs> and remember that you can catch all of the content from today's show at marketingoclock.com or in the descriptions below if you're watching us on the YouTubes. So remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And hopefully this is an embedded video and you've hovered to the left. Click subscribe. All right. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. All right, welcome to our new segment, Shooting the Heck, where we talk about anything except marketing. And this week, we are going to have a Halloween candy draft. Now, here's the thing. Jess doesn't know anything <laughs> about how drafting works. It's true. This is a fantasy draft. So what we are going to do is to pick a candy until we get a lineup of four different candies. And okay. you want to choose this. These are who you're going to battle with. What kind of battle? Just like a like eating battle. Like to kids? Oh, okay. Like this is for you. Okay. And so we're going to do a, a snake or serpentine style draft. Is, do you have any clue as to what that is? I, I feel like serpentine is a thing. It's like a maneuver, an evasive maneuver. No, you have to do it inside of a sleeping bag. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's the, for one person. Actually, we have two people. I don't even know if we can do a snake draft. Oh, well, we could do a double snake Okay, draft. here it is. So person A, who goes first, gets one pick. Next person gets two picks. What? And then it goes back to the first person. We do one, 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 one. You just wow. it, the first okay. the first pick is a big deal. So the second person should get two picks. Okay. Okay. And we can't pick the same candy, obviously. Oh, oh right? yeah, it's drafted. It's off the board. Well, what are the rules here? So like, there's like, there's the no dark rules. There's no rules. Of, there's okay. literally no rules. Okay. Okay. I love no rules. So do you want the first pick or do you want the next two picks? We should flip a coin. It's a sports draft. I don't, have... <laughs> is that weird? <laughs> I don't know. If this is sports. Okay. All right. Heads, one heads or tails? Okay. Heads, you got a you, coin? Are you heads or are you tails? I'm always tails. If that's okay with you. Flip a coin. Sure. It's tails. Woo! Okay. You're up. All right. First candy drafted. Ever? 
Yes. Um, Reese's Cups. Darn it. You took mine. Okay, I'm next. You get two now, from what I understand. Yes, that's true. Serpentine. So this isn't necessarily my favorite, but I just like the versatility of this one. And I'm going to go Snickers. Mm. Just, again, say I'm on an island or something. A Snickers, you can, you can, it can kind of cross the border yeah. of food or candy. Plus, you're not you when you're hungry. That's, That's what they it. Say. Exactly. So I'm going to go Snickers. Okay. Ooh, and then it's going to go back to you. And no, I, you can, I, you I feel can. like I know you too much, and this is going to affect my drafting. I don't know if you, I feel like. I know what you're going to pick next. I, I, I bet you don't. I bet I, I bet throw I you do. for a loop. It's going to be bit of honey, and I know it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go the Snickers first, and then I might switch it up just to get this out of the way. I'm going to go Skittles. Ew. I know, it's you weird. You can have those. That's fine. I think Skittles, there's a lot of different flavors to it. That's why I think it's versatile. Like, Because yeah. if you do Starburst, what if you get a whole sack of all yellow Starburst? That's disgusting. Are you one of those people that likes like the fruit candies? No, but I just... Skittles... Who would you take some runts on the island? <laughs> Look, I just took a food... <laughs> that, that candy bar that's like a food. Now I just want pure sugar. I'm mm. getting a really well-rounded team here. Okay, okay, so you've got peanut butter cups. So what's next? Yeah, so I was super nervous because I thought you were going to pick my next choice. I was like actually sweating. Okay, here's what you were going to pick. Three Musketeers. No! Okay. I knew you were going to think that. Okay. So I'm going to toss something else in there. Uh. Butterfinger BBs. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I think I just won the draft. <laughs> okay. All right. So Butterfinger BB. Do they still make those? I don't know if they do. I don't think they do. Right, I think well, you might get to, no, no, it's But Butterfinger the BBs, BBs are bite size and then you don't get all the peanut butter stuck in your teeth. It's much better. Okay. This, this is getting ridiculous. No, it's, okay. it's real. So next, I've got Snickers, I've got Skittles. I'm going after my favorite candy bar. Milky Way Midnight. Mm, okay. That's a good one. You got a lot of nougat in your lineup. I I, well, think. just a little bit. Does because have nougat? I think I've got dark chocolate now. I know. And I've got regular chocolate. And I've got just pure sugar. So Milky Way. Butter. And if you've never had a Milky Way Midnight, it is delicious. It is. Listeners, get some. And if you don't like treat. Milky Ways, it's a completely different candy bar. Yeah. Okay. It's a whole different animal. Well, shoot. Now I don't know. You have two left. Uh, I know, but I've, I like your point about dark chocolate. So I am going to go Mounds. Right? Mounds. Because Almond Joy. Oh, shoot. But Almond Joy has the almonds, which you need for protein. This isn't the draft the worst candy bar draft. <laughs> <laughs> <It's a> dra- <laughs> can, can I get a variety pack of Mounds? No, you can't get a variety <laughs> pack. It's a candy bar draft. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you really don't know how drafting works. I'll do the, I'll do, you know what? I'll do the mounds for the mounds. dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Never in a million years did I think mounds would be sixth off the board. Mounds. Watch out. Werther's originals are next. No way, okay. man. I'm not a savage. Right. So here's my last draft. Oh, we only get four? Four? Yeah, that's it. Four. four. All okay, right. Go. You better pick good on the last one. All right, last one. I'm going Reese's Pieces. Ooh. I just don't have any peanut butter in my lineup, mm-hmm. and it was between this and another one. I need I, I need to, I like having a couple bite-sized ones, a candy bar, peanut butter, sugar. <laughs> I'm going Reese's Pieces. That's a good choice. All right, and last one. Right now, I'm like right, right now you have Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, <laughs> Butterfinger BBs. <laughs> In mounds. 
Oh, this is amazing. Can I tell you what I'm struggling with for my fourth choice, or are you going to die of a heart attack? Yeah, you can tell me. <laughs> Three Musketeers, because that is amazing. Or York. York Pepper Bed. I love that wasn't them. I, I, had, I love them. I had thought of throwing Thin Mints in there, because mm. when you get those little boxes, yep. you get more than just one. Well, actually, you can't Junior take Mints, right? Thin are you, Mints yeah, are the cookie, yeah, right? Junior, Junior Mints. mints. Yeah. Um, but yeah, York, York isn't, I mean, you might as well at this point. No, you know what? Three Musketeers. Cause that's my okay. standby and it, I, you don't want to feel fat on this tropical Island and that's the diet candy. Although okay. York is good for you too. Good for you. I mean, okay. <laughs> Relatively speaking. All right. And that does it for today's draft. The final lineups are Jess's team, Reese's peanut butter cups, Butterfinger BBs, Mounds, and three musketeers. And my team, Snickers, <laughs> Skittles, Milky Way Midnight, oh. and Reese's Pieces. Who won? Let us know <laughs> on Twitter or in the, sh- in the comments in the show notes below. Yeah, and if you completely disagree, tell us what you would bring. Name some candies. He- well, I'm surprised you didn't go Heath Bars Heath there. Bars. <laughs> Get out of here. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.